podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to a brand new TAT pod. This is a match preview for the Brighton game. And we do have a special guest, Tom, who is going to be with us very shortly. Um, he's just got back from Brighton's away game yesterday in Marseille. So, um, yeah, he's just running in a little late, but he will be here very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, me and Mike are going to go through yesterday's game just very quickly. But how are you, my friend? Very, uh, yeah, very good, mate. Very tired. You were at the game yesterday, weren't you? That correct? Mm-hmm. Did you make it? Yeah, bro, I was there. Yeah. How was it, mate? How was the atmosphere? What was it? What was it like from your side of things? Boring. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, mate. I was, I was, I was very bored yesterday. Um, yeah. Tough watch. Look, yeah, and it, it is what it is. It's you know, it's Europa League. It's you know, to the credit, they gave us a really good, a really good test, but. Anfield was never going to be rocking. It was never going to be like a, a Champions League night. It was never going to be super high intensity, especially with the game we've got on Sunday. So yeah. I think maybe that was sort of part of the game plan in some ways to just not throw everything at it, just play more casual. Obviously, if we needed to, then we could have gone up the the gears. But yeah, it was just a very routine win. And um, you, you mentioned the atmosphere. It was absolutely embarrassing, to be honest, how bad it was. Um, Didn't look good. No, it wasn't great. Uh, their fans, however, probably the best or top two, I'd say, that I've seen at the ground. Absolutely oh, wow. unbelievable, their fans, yeah. There was That's Ajax crazy. last season who were just, I think, on a different level to anything I've seen. But, um, mm. yeah, Union's fans yesterday, they were singing You Never Walk Alone as well, which was just oh, unreal with the scarves in the air, yeah. Um, mm. Just a real nice club, it seemed, mate. Real nice fans. Uh, a good team, like I say, you know, people were surprised that, that Klopp went so strong yesterday. Uh, but I, I put a tweet out saying maybe he just knows that these are, are a decent side. I think they've got a decent record in the, the Europa League the last time they were in there. Belgium. So yeah, what, what was yeah. your what was your take on it, mate? The lineups and how we played and the results. I'll t- I tell you what, mate, I watched the game and uh normally for me when I watch a football game, I'm locked in. Doesn't matter what's going on, I'm locked in. I'm not one to go on my phone. Mate, I'm not gonna lie. I've I wanted, I looked at my phone a couple of times, just checking the time. Like I didn't even have notifications on my phone. Just, it was it was a tough watch, mate. It wasn't ideal. Um, I think I don't know. You can you can argue, you know, the energy level just wasn't there at all from the players or in the stadium. Or just from the outside looking in, like you, I mean, you were there as well. Everything felt quite flat. Um, it was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it it translated onto the pitch. It really did. Mm. Uh, on the upside, though, I thought, you know, there were some good performances in the 90 minutes. Gravenberg, Kwanzaa, both looked very mm, good. Yeah. Um, really, really impressed with both of them because I think both of them coming into this season had a point to prove in the sense that Kwanzaa, I think, a lot of fans that wanted us to buy a centre-back. You know, we've had conversations about signing a centre-back and mm-hmm. I think we had those conversations in the summer where we weren't sure if he was the solution or was he just a case of he's there so it's easier. I think the more I watch him play, the more I'm convinced that he had that us that our coaches had faith in him rather than us not having the option to buy a centre back. That's how it feels for me. Maybe I'm taking quite a positive no. point of view in that. But what do you think? I agree. I, I, I'm not saying that they thought that he would be, you know, this world class centre back or anything like that. But what I do think they they thought is, okay, we're going to get a centre back. We're not going to get one to replace Virgil or Canate yet. Obviously, Virgil's mm-hmm. replacement will come in three, four years, whatever. Um, Matip has got another year. So you're looking at a centre-back who's going to be happy to come in and be four fiddle. 
where do you find a player like that? You know, where do you find a player that's good enough to be relied on when they need to be, but isn't, you know, going to be playing week in, week out? And I know people will say, oh, but then, you know, he could have replaced Matic, but that's fine. But yeah, I just think they looked at him, looked at the market, and it was just another case of we've got better value in Kwanzaa than going and spending £20 million on another centre-back in and loading Kwanzaa yeah. out. It didn't make sense. Um, also, Joe Gomez, I know he's played at right-back most of the time he's played, but he's looking really good again. And, Brilliant. You know, yeah. he was good again yesterday when he when he played. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors into it. I just think, obviously, they've looked at Kwanzaa, and like I say, they've looked at the market. They've looked, okay, if we wanted to go and get somebody to come in and sort of push to overtake Virgil, those centre-backs are around there. You know, you look at mm-hmm. that... Um, uh, Gonzalo, I think we were linked with for most of the summer. Yeah. Um, Vardy, I'll obviously went to see the big name ones are there. You know, you could go and get one, but we're not at that level yet. I don't think we're not looking no. to get that that centre back at the moment. Uh, but you're right, there were there were positives and good evening to Luke as well, my friend. Hope all is good. And I am, I'm really sorry. I am Iposi. Um, <laughs> nice to have you here. Yeah, you were the first one here, so a massive uh, thank you to that. Um, Two goals on a clean sheet, mate. And clean sheets have been very few and far between this season. In fact, I want to say that... Nah, it's not our first clean sheet. Well, is that our first clean sheet? No, it's not. I think that it? might be our first clean sheet since Chelsea. I don't want to say... No, Chelsea wasn't even a clean oh, sheet. Chelsea, Hold on. Yeah. When, uh, when was... Have we had another clean sheet this season? I think Villa, it might be off. Villa, 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 Villa. Villa was 3-0. Yeah. You're right. Villa was yeah. off last clean Second sheet. Second clean sheet of the season. Second clean sheet. Um, yeah, mate, listen, I don't think we were threatened all too much except for McAllister causing us a little bit of nerves right at the end, but I never yeah, really thought we were... the ball into his own goal, maybe? Yeah, I, well, <laughs> other than self-inflicted moments, uh, I felt like we were very comfortable. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was never a game where I felt like tense or worried about us conceding. It was more so just very lethargic. Um, I think Jota played a very Jota performance. He was pretty <laughs> quiet for a large part of it. Um, I think the more longer he's been here, the quieter he can go in the game. Uh, but still, we still have the faith in him that he's going to pop up with a goal because he's just he, in around the six yard box. He's probably our most natural finisher. Um, oh, I know, obviously, people are going to say Salah, but I don't think Salah's a, a poacher by any means. He can't be a natural like, finisher, though. I think he sort of learned how to finish. Like, yeah, he's not always been getting the numbers he's getting now. Whereas I think, like you say, Jota is just. He is the one where if you wanted like a smash and grab 90th minute, probably yeah, exactly. got her out of everyone here. Yeah. yeah, it's like for, for me, you know, you look at Salah and uh, Salah's like, every goal that he scores feels like he's had a heavy involvement in with Jota. It's just, he's always right place, right time. And I think it's a wonderful mm. quality to have. But yeah, it was it was interesting, mate. I think, you know, the subs at halftime surprised me a little bit. I, I was, don't get me wrong, I understand why he made them. Was, but what, what were your thoughts on the subs? Seeing Endo come off, you know, seeing... Uh, you know, the, the likes of Jones now come on. What were your thoughts when you seen the subs at halftime? Yeah, to be honest, I, I thought Jones was going to start because of yeah. the suspension being, you know, it is what it is. You know, they're not going to take that back. So I thought Jones was going to start like uh, Jota did. But um, yeah, I, I feel like we might see those two guys, Nunes and Endo. I think we might see him on Sunday. I think Endo's going to play. There's a lot of calls for Graven Birch and I'd love Graven Birch to start, you know, but I'm just... I'm just looking at that sub, you know, Graven Birch played the majority of the game. Endo only played just over a half. I was thinking so. that with the sub. But where, yeah. would you put Endo in and move McAllister higher up the pitch? Do you think that's the move? I think, yeah. I've, I, look, we, we've been there before, haven't we? we we've, we've played Brighton numerous times and we've been carved open like but a homer or away. 
it's happened. So I'd love Graven Birch and, like I say, McAllister to start and Sabosla, of course. But I just think with that sub, you know, how likely is it now that Graven Birch is going to be thrown in again two mm. days later after? Maybe he will because he obviously he's not played as many minutes as the other midfielders. But I just can't help but think because Endo only played a certain amount and Nunes only played a certain amount. I can't yeah. help but think they're going to start on Sunday. But um, yeah, we'll Endo felt tactical, our... didn't it? It did feel yeah, tactical. Exactly, yeah, Endo exactly. Yeah, you're right. Um, we'll definitely get into our proper prediction a bit later on, guys. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, like I say, mate, two wins out of two now in Europa League, clean sheet, two goals, a win. All that, mm. all that matters right now is getting those wins on the board, isn't it, mate? Performances, yeah. of course, are going to improve as we go along. But first and foremost. We just need to get that winning feeling, and we have got that winning feeling. Yeah, listen, by, by no means you get you rarely hear like, oh, there's a classic Europa League night. Like, you know what I mean? You're not gonna really hear that too often, at least not with you know Liverpool. And that's no disrespect to the competition. It's just I feel like every time we've been in it, it's not like we've played outstanding football for the majority. You kind of get through these games. The group stage is very much about grinding out, getting the points on the board, just getting through. Like and that's what we're doing at the moment. We we're we're walking the group, which is what you want. And you know, that's no again, no disrespect to the other teams, but you, you think we I'd imagine we're going to go six out of six wins in the group I, I don't see anything else really personally um if we didn't do that I'd be shocked uh but it's getting the points on the board as soon as you can because then you can rotate the team a bit more and have a bit more maybe maybe a nicer rest for one or two players because I personally don't want to see Salah I was really shocked to see Salah start and Alisson <laughs> obviously came in because of Kelleher's injury I understand that um Canate obviously right now is surprisingly third fourth choice which is you know it you know it's a testament to Matt playing as well as he is and obviously Gomez at right back um so it, it, it's one of them but uh yeah mate it's just getting the results on the board isn't it it's just getting the getting the results done get the points on the board and move forward which is what we're doing um the main thing for us though, is three points against Brighton is crucial uh put everything aside against Spurs at the end of the day it's three points not you know three points dropped against Spurs where you know it's not dropped as in anything that we could control uh, however, it's three points we don't have, so it's it's crucial we beat Brighton. It's it's not a case of getting a draw or about anything anymore. We have to beat them. Exactly, and uh, I think look, I said at the end of the the, the Tottenham match, you actually, if you remember, we're going to go there and absolutely batter them because of this, and I think that was a bit rash. I don't genuinely believe we're going to yeah. go there and absolutely batter them. I do think, however, that we are going to go there with a point to prove. We're going to go there. Um, with with fire in our belly, really, and this this team is going to be up for it. There's no doubt about it in my mind. You know, we were, and I, I don't want to keep going on about it, but we were absolutely robbed. We were thieved. We were cheated out of a, a, at least a point, may, maybe three. Who knows? You know, the way we played with ten men and nine men, I would have backed us to win from from one nil if that yeah. goal stood. We were um, cheated out of a game, just simple as that. Yeah, exactly. So look, there's no there's no way they're going to give us the points back. It's pretty clear now. The only way we can t- move on from this is by doing our job and keep doing our job. And, you know, yeah. telling the PGMOL that, you know, you can cheat us, you can take goals away from us, you can take points away from us, but this team's going nowhere. And, you know, it's really exciting. I mean, I, I came in from the game yesterday and this morning when I got, I was on my way to work, I just, um, I, I tweeted, I, I just love this team. I love this squad. I love these yep. players. I love this manager. This There's a sense of togetherness in this squad that I didn't even see. And this might sound controversial. When we won the league, when we won the Champions League, I don't know what it is about this set of players. No, I mean, like every single player on the pitch now feels like more United. I don't know what it is. It's, 
uh, maybe I'm 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 waffling, but it seems no, to I, me I, that they all genuinely like each other as mates rather than just professionals. And just before you go, we have an update from Tom. <laughs> He's in the taxi, ETA five minutes. So me and uh yeah, we'll keep going. just gonna have to keep waffling for five minutes, guys. So bear with us. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm good to this mate in this squad right now. Uh, this might sound very Roy Keane esque, and maybe it's off the back of me watching a lot of the overlap today. I kind of binge watched a load of overlap content, but I, I don't care if they're friends. I, it, it, I I don't care. What I care is that they're good teammates, and that, that's the crucial part. You can get along with them, but it, it's as long as they have the respect for each other to put a shift in. I think the greatest teams that have ever walked football or ever been in football, they weren't all friends but they were leaders and they were fighters and they fought for each other on the pitch. And I think that's what matters most. It's amazing that they are as close as they are, as close as they appear to be. And it's good to have friendships within the group because it can spawn very good dynamics and relationships. Uh, anyone that's been watching the Beckham documentary or seen any build up to that, I think Never, I talk about United. I'm not watching it. Fair enough. Really. I respect, I, just because I'm a football fan. You know, I, I, I quite I'm a football it. fan, but I, I understand. When, no, when, I understand. When Posh Spice is saying she's working class, mate, now that's enough. No, it is funny though because Beckham pokes his head and he's like, "Shut up!" Yeah, he's, he's literally getting dropped off in a Rolls Royce. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was peak. I'm not. Hey, listen, we're not going to give United cover too much, but it's more so like what the, what makes great teams isn't good friendships. You know, it's 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 good teammates, and that that comes from a lot of different areas. It is good to see them as close it as they are. It, it does help. I don't argue that. It reminds me a lot, to be honest, of. Weirdly enough, you say the title side or the quad side, but it reminds me a lot of the season before we won the title in the sense that you can feel this energy and this unpredictability like within the team. Yeah, you can feel the shift. Mm -hmm. You feel the unity within the fans. And I, I've got to say, as a fan base, I think this is the most united we've been since that Premier League title winning season. And there's yeah, been a lot of... hindsight. Because I remember sitting hindsight. here in the summer saying how toxic it was and how mm. this is the most toxic summer I've ever seen. And yeah, I didn't want to go on spaces. I didn't want to go on Twitter. I didn't want to be anywhere around Liverpool fans that I didn't yeah. gen like, obviously I know you and people in, you know, in real life. I know that sounds yeah, stupid, but like the ones, you know, that were, you know, all over social media, that, that was the most toxic I've ever seen it. And, you know, to, to, to think of how good this squad is and how good our managers, mm. I just didn't understand it. And, yeah, like I said, it's hindsight and we've started well and, you know, there is that togetherness. But some people, mate, were, were, were saying that we'll struggle for fourth. Some people were saying that uh, if we don't get a DM, we're going to finish seventh for eighth. And yeah. it's like, I always trusted this manager. I always trusted and I always get bashed for this. I don't like FSG, but I'm not naive enough to think that they don't know how to run a football club. Like, yeah. do, does anybody genuinely believe that? That, you know, these people that have the the in my opinion the biggest football club in the country potentially one of in the world definitely one of in the world but 100% the biggest in the country like they're not just gonna let it crash and burn and that's what I kept telling no. people like dislike them all you want there's gonna be a plan we're not gonna get Jude 100% but something's yeah. gonna happen like we're not just gonna go into this summer with Jordan Henderson again, James Milner again, yeah, and then we're gonna have to renew Oxley Chamberlain again. It wasn't gonna happen for me. Um, I always had a faith and belief that we were gonna do something this window. Klopp kept saying it every single press conference. Oh yeah, there's gonna be changes in the summer. So I Mike, think as yeah. long as Jurgen Klopp saying it, we back who am it. I to disagree? Exactly. I think I think for me, like you know, listen, Christ, we all know the song Jesus. Uh, like you, you know, you'll never walk alone. But it's it's a wonderful metaphor for what Liverpool have gone through in the sense that, like, I really do think we went through a storm as a, as a squad, as a, as a team, as a fan base last season and through the summer. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I think 
to be honest, we had to have last season in order to have this squad. 100%. And I think if, if we had had a slightly better season, maybe if we got Champions League or... Those some guys of the, probably we, would have stayed. We wouldn't have had the clear out we had. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that. Agree with that. And I think it was crucial that we are in the position we're in. Now, listen, we haven't achieved anything with the squad yet. You know, obviously, we've got to keep that in mind. I do think we will. I do think there's a lot of talent there. Um, and, you know, I think we've shown that we've had the blueprint before. And we've got enough people in there that have been there at the very highs and the very lows of this club and enough experience around there that'll be around for a long time to help uh, the young lads through. I mean, Trent's won it all. Trent has been there through everything and he's only 24 and it's an insane amount of experience that he has at such an age. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think we're in a position now where we're very united. Weirdly enough, that spurs... Um, uh, good, Tom's almost ready. I, I'll, I can waffle for a little bit longer and we'll be ready, guys, for the guest. Um, but yeah, no, I think all in all, man, it reminds me very much that moment against Spurs almost felt like a larger verge, version of when uh, Xhaka riled up the fans at Anfield against Arsenal. feels yeah. like a larger version of that in the sense that what we're seeing, we're, we've got Anfield is up, the squad is up, the team is up, everyone is up now. We're alerted, we're awake, we're against it. It's Liverpool v the world kind of kind of energy. And I think that is the energy that Klopp was wanting and wants and enjoys because it triggers a reaction within the team and it makes a fight, it makes a real fight. And I don't know what you think, but that's that's certainly how I feel. Hundred percent, I agree with you more. And like Luke says, we got so many leaders. Um, yeah, I was one to be honest that was a bit cautious of losing the captain and the vice captain in the summer. I always said like, uh, it's a bit of a bold thing, but obviously, you know, like I said, Klopp knows these guys. He sees them on the training ground. Trent Alexander-Arnold's now been moved up into the vice captaincy role. Virgil is now the official captain. I know a lot of people say, oh, he's basically captain anyway, but he's the official captain. Um, we've got Soboslai, who's, I believe, is the captain of Hungary. We've got Endo now as the captain of Japan. Robo, captain is the captain of Scotland. Salah, I believe, is the captain of Egypt. Yeah, exactly. We've got all these leaders in, in the team now. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's only going to be a good thing when you've got so many people that, you know, lead by example for their club and country. And um, Hamza, hello, mate. How are you doing? All right, Hamza, um, boy. Good to see you, mate. <coughs> But yeah, I believe Tom is getting ready to jump in now, guys. So uh, thankfully, me and Mike can stop waffling on about the Europa <laughs> League. And um, yeah, uh, Robo Salah, exactly, yeah. Um, Expert wafflers. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a bit mad to see Salah start yesterday, just going back to that. I just yeah. I didn't think Salah would, would play a minute in this competition. Obviously, he came on in the, the first game and scored a goal in like, 20 seconds it felt Such like a but, um, Such a well. yeah I, I honestly thought until we get to the knockouts he's not going to start a game so to see him in the yeah. lineup was a bit mad Diaz the best player in Colombia of course Luis Diaz as well the one we hit the post yesterday I was absolutely good it reminded me of another player that played for Liverpool with the same first name the way he took it exactly, down you know what yeah, yeah took it past the player and then hits the post it's so Sad, it was um, so Suarez esque, wasn't it? And then it comes back out to him, he takes a touch, smacks it, and then I think it hits Jota and then bounces back out. Um, yeah, yeah Luis Diaz is, is amazing, he, he is, he's a very, very good player. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited every time I watch him play. Mike, I don't know about you. No, I, I love watching him play, he's electric. And to be honest, we've got a few of them players in the squad now that you know, when we when they get on the pitch, they're just exciting to watch. Like, <coughs> Sobosly is just amazing to watch. Salah, obviously, we know how exciting he is. Nunes is just a 
ball of energy, incredible to watch. Diaz. Let's not talk about that, miss. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it because if anyone thinks I'm going to get in here on a Friday night and waste my time criticizing Nunes, no, I won't. Wait till Sunday. Nah, there's no criticism, but it was a bit embarrassing. Should have scored. <laughs> uh, yeah, he should have scored. Um, it's what it is. He was offside for the chance, was he? Okay, he wasn't. He was on. I like the cope. <laughs> he was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, Hamza says, I'm good, mate. Finally, after finally a weekend after a long week. I know exactly how you feel, bro. I know exactly how you feel. But um, what better way than to start your weekend by watching me and Mike and Tom in just a moment um, ahead of a big game. And I'm going again on Sunday as well. So um, Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to feel like I've not had a, had a weekend because traveling to football matches, especially down south, is a long, long day. It's a long, long day. It's going to be um, a long weekend as well, mate. For me, I'm out. I'm going. I literally will finish this, and I'm heading out to Liverpool uh, for the night. Then I'm out in Manchester oh, wow. tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> be, nice, mate. Nice bit of traveling, mate. But um, yeah. I wish we could go to the game. That's going to be quite the environment for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. To be fair. You know, because yesterday was quite flat, like I was saying. Uh, I, I already know, like, like being in away end. Any away end is just exactly Electric. what you'd expect with Liverpool. So yeah. Um, Brighton won't have a stupid hand for that game. We'll get into that. Um, when Tom joins, we're gonna we're gonna chat to Tom about the players that Brighton won't have available, the players that they will have available. Tom's gonna pick his eleven that he believes will start the game, and um, yeah, I want to get his thoughts on um, a certain Argentinian as well. Because if you guys remember, if you guys have watched the channel for a while, I think it was you, Mike, as well, when we signed Alexis McAllister. In fact, it was just before we signed Alexis McAllister. Yeah. Uh, and Tom was adamant that, you know, there's a price and, you know, Tony Bloom's not going to negotiate. Um, I don't think, did anyone know that his release clause was 35 mil at that point? I, don't I think it was, uh, <clears throat> I think there was rumours that it was going to be 35 plus add-ons. But everyone was yeah. talking about 35, but I was like, no, no, there'll be loads of add-ons with it. Um, okay. That was at that point. That's when I first started at the TAT, mate. Well, yeah, look was, at that. Yeah. But let's um let's wait, hold the McAllister chat because I want to get Tom's opinion in just a moment. And here he is. He's finally back from Marseille. He He's jumped straight on to TAT pod. So here first of all, Tom, it doesn't matter that it's 23 minutes in. We're grateful to have you on, mate. You could have been <laughs> as late as you wanted today, my friend. Oh, ple- pleasure. Pleasure's, pleasure's all mine, but thank you so much for getting me involved again. <laughs> Your voice hey, is completely gone. Back, I take mate. it, mate. I'm hoarse. Uh, yeah, my voice is hoarse. Just, <clears throat> do you know what? I'll tell you what. I, I, I get why you why you lot love European nights so much because uh, I've got the flavour for it now. I really yeah. do. But Belladrome was an experience in the half. I don't I know. Say, I talk to us about it, mate, because I think yours was the early kickoff, and I was at the game, so I didn't get to see any of it. What's a game as well? What's a game? Yeah, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. First of all, I mean the Marseille fans are nuts. Like <laughs> I haven't heard an atmosphere like it. They have like three or four separate areas for their ultra fans they've all got yeah. different like sets of fans and they are loud and they are orchestrated and the atmosphere was really intimidating we were loud don't get me wrong but mm. when you've got 40 odd thousand people shouting about you know you, you, you're mm. gonna it's gonna be silence and every time we've got the ball they're whistling and the players just didn't find their rhythm for the first 45 minutes and we got punished for it straight away so two goals in quick succession very similar to how what happened over at Villa, and we will we'll just look at each other. Oh God, here we go again. This is a good. Deserby promised a different Brighton on Thursday, and it, so far, first <laughs> forty-five minutes, we were seeing the same same Brighton from the Villa match. And I don't know what he said. He said something very passionately, something poetic. Clearly, because it changed the game around, and all of a sudden, we were up for the task. We were up for the challenge couple right decisions in the subs including Jao Pedro 
Um, and his penalty finish, as cool as you like. I haven't heard whistling like that before in all my life. It was loud. That place is loud. I'll tell you that now. And when that celebration, when he just went like that to the ultra fans, that, mm. that stand oh. like bowl, yeah, bowls. You just know Very that bold. he's that, that it's, that, it's that mentality, that strong mentality that Deserby's been wanting to try and instill to all the youngsters. And it's just that we're just now at this point now where we've got this thing of okay, we're now we're mounting up to the task. We slipped up at Athens, didn't do well against Villa, but now we've managed to claw back a point from. 2 0 down point. at half time. Huge it's big as well. Huge. You draw your ways, win your home, so you tend to go through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we fluffed up our lines against AK Athens, so it'll be interesting to what happens next up when we welcome Ajax to, yeah. to the Amex. That'll be, that'll be, that's going to be an interesting one as well. It's going to be some gorgeous football in that game, I can tell you right now. It'll be some oh, beautiful yeah. football playing that game. Absolutely, absolutely. They like they, they like to play a certain way, and we're playing a certain way as well. So it's definitely going to be it's going to be end to end for sure. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how we mount up to that challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whilst we're talking about gorgeous football, um, I want to cast your memory back, mate. I was just speaking to to Mike. You came on the channel a few months back when Liverpool were just about to sign um, a certain <laughs> World Cup winner. Um, it wasn't Lionel Messi, unfortunately. It was Alexis McAllister. Um, yeah, I want to get your thoughts, mate, on how you think it's gone from the outside looking in. Obviously, we know how Brighton fans absolutely love that guy. You know, there was nothing but praise when when the signing was announced. You know, sometimes you see a bit of saltiness. There was none of that. It was compared to Moises Casado. I think a few of you guys had just washed your hands with him the way he went out about things. But yeah, McAllister, first of all, mate, what have you made of his, of his start in Liverpool? I know it's been very limited and, you know, maybe you've not seen him as, as much as you'd have hoped. But yeah, talk to us. Have you, have you had a chance to sit down and watch him in a Liverpool shirt? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him a couple of times, actually. And to be honest with you, he's he's very... There's a lot of similarities to how he's been playing when he was back with us. And it seemed to suit Liverpool to an absolute T. And there were a couple of times his passages of plays and movements. And I could see... Klopp's reaction to that, like applauding and like giving the thumbs up, and sort of the, the, the classic way that is very similar to how Deserby was with Caicedo and McAllister. He sees the how essential that midfield three is for Klopp does anyway. Um, I was quite surprised with the red card that he got. Personally, <laughs> I thought that was a bit. He was a bit kind of like uh, he could have looked it, but I thought the other players sold it pretty well in my book mm-hmm. anyway. But who am I to criticize a referee these days? I stick quite far away from for, from referees, <laughs> but look, uh, um, overall, I've been really impressed with what's happened. But going back to what I said to you guys, he's part of the missing pieces, and I think what we're seeing now, you know, you've got Subasai coming in and Graven Birch coming in. All of a sudden, you're now seeing this format formation of a really solid midfield and it's got depth as well. I haven't even talked about um Japan's captain Endo. You know, that they, they all of a sudden now you've gone from when we talked about McAllister signing, yeah, you you still need to get two or three more recruits to now you're get you're now finding yourself a solid midfield package right now. Yeah. That really it is not really talked about enough to be honest with you, yeah. which I find really surprising. The way Gravenberch was speaking after the match last night, mm. when he was just smiling the way he's enjoying his football, yeah. I mean, this is a sheer contrast to what he was like over mm. in the Bundesliga last season when he when he just wasn't just enjoying the matches at all. Now he's finding himself on worries because I watched him when he was at Ajax and he was a joy to watch. Mm. Now I'm just uh, 
now I'm just thinking, okay, here we go. Now we've got a real task on our hands to try and silence this midfield three. And we don't know who it's going to be because, you know, yeah. Okay. So as DeAndre said, uh, Gravenberch, Macker and Sobersai for Brighton. That to me is going to be a worry for us because we've lost Caicedo and McAllister to you guys. The, that double pivot in that midfield was vital for us. And we just haven't found a, sol- a solid solution week in, week yep. out. Well, you Tom, know. I was going to ask you about this. So you talk about our midfield three. We brought McAllister, Sobberside, Gravenberg. We've got like this depth now. And it was our weakest point last season. I'd probably argue it's one of, definitely one of our stronger points in the squad now. And I look at the contrast between ourselves and yourself. I think when I looked at your midfield last season, it was brilliant. It was the strongest part of your team. I thought it was just, it, it was the energy, you know? Uh, I look at it now. I think, listen, I think Billy Gilmore is fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan of Billy Gilmore. Um, he doesn't offer the same sort of, Ability, not quality. He's a different type of player to a McAllister, to a Caicedo. I look at Dahoud again. Dahoud, I think, is a he's a he's a decent player, he's a good player. But he, he, again, he I'd probably say he's a different mold to the types of midfielders you've had. So I just wanted to ask what you what do you think of the window you've had in terms of midfielders? Are you happy with your midfield? And what what do you if do you, if there is anything? Do you think anything's like what is missing? If there is something missing? Yeah, so yeah, a lot, lot to digest there. So Billy Gilmore, first of all, I mean, he came to us. He was a Potter signing, first of all. He was someone that uh, Potter was really keen on as soon as we uh, <laughs> Chelsea didn't want him. So <laughs> when and when that went out the window, I think for Billy, the poor guy is just like going, but well, now what? Mm. And I think he kind of went about three steps backwards because Deserby's come in with a far more te- tactically advanced. Um, style of play he needs to learn that more and he was kind of he was basically the understudy for Caicedo and McAllister when Caicedo in February got told to have a little bit of a rest period because of the <laughs> Arsenal farce then mm. Gilmore started to show signs that he gets it and all of a sudden we're like oh here we go here we've got depth now in our midfield this is fantastic because that was always going to be the main thing McAllister and Caicedo are midfield too who's there afterwards gross fantastic but then then who else Gilmore didn't really have a handful of appearances but they were poor really truthfully to comparison to what we're seeing this season now he's come leaps and bounds after a solid pre-season which is fantastic to see so who I was excited about but I was also wary let's not forget this guy got released because basically he spent more time in the treatment room than he did on the pitch and if he did spend more time on the pitch then we'll be talking about to who the Dortmund midfield maestro rather than yeah. over at Brighton. He wasn't good last night. He, he he has moments of brilliance. And then when it's kind of getting a little bit gritty, he doesn't really get himself stuck in. And that's something that he needs to learn very, very sharpishly, very quickly. He's very, he's almost the same sort of issues we had with Pascal Gross when he was coming in under Hewton, played in that centre attack and midfield role, but he never really got gritty. And then he did towards the end of the season. And then you, as you know, English football fans, we, we like a midfielder that's gritty, that gets stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as Dahoud gets that, well, we James appreciate Warner. it. Then, and the, I think really the guy that is going to be changing on midfield is Carlos Believer. When he yeah. came on against Bournemouth, wow. Like this Absolutely is this is the, the, yeah. this is the guy that he's going. He's to starting to think Caicedo. like, yeah, we've done it again. Yeah, oh, they've done it yeah. again. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've not seen him personally, so I'm oh Ben, I'll tell you this. I hope you don't mind me saying this, by the way, because th- I'm sure Tom knows 
you watch Believer play and you'd be like, ah, oh, two seasons, we'll sign him, 120. It's one of them. He's he's another one of them, mate. He, there's a lot of quality coming through those ranks. And I mean, you got in, in I'm going to say the names wrong here. Please don't ask him if it's, is it sustainable because I really don't want I'm to. Not gonna I'm not going to ask him. I'm not. Listen, I won't have that conversation with him this time. But they've got like in CCO, uh, I, I know I say that name wrong, but you've got three or four really young, talented midfielders that again, mate, wait, a season or two, you're going to see go for bonkers. If they, that's if obviously you never know Brighton, if they sustain themselves, they'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and then CISO's out for, sadly, for probably until next month now. I think he's going to come back into training. So we'll probably see him about December time, which is a real shame because I think this is going to be like the season where he's going to be like the main character of the team, yep. if you will, in that attacking form. And I think his injuries been a bit of a, almost a blessing in disguise because we got Ansu Fati straight after we <sighs> announced that's, that's, um, what's a signing? Andrew. Yeah. And what a signing as well. Um, but again, Fatty's someone who's been, Someone that's, again, showing promise, but he's not really found that re real mixing. He has, again, moments of brilliance. And yeah. he, he is getting pressure because he's not he's not a shoe-in for this team. Um, he's getting more minutes in than he would do at Barcelona, but he hasn't got anything going in terms of being a out-and-out first-teamer, I would say, because you've got João Pedro just breathing down his neck at the moment. And well, I'm sure he's probably coming and thinking that, yeah, he's good, but he's been playing championship football. But I'll tell you what, João Pedro is, I think he is our signing of the season, really, uh, in, mm. in, in the transfer window. And we haven't even talked about Igor Julio either. Um, mm. Again, brilliant defender for us and someone that we needed. For me, and to your next question, Mike, when you talk about what we're missing, um, we need more at, we need more at fullbacks. And mm. I know we, we, we someone might talk about James Milner here. He's a fantastic squad player. He's someone that is going to be boosting that dressing room atmosphere in the same way Lalana's done, same way Dunk is. But Milner can't be that guy that we need to rest on in case the stupid ends out and he's now out for a month and now we, we, we need someone that left back every three days now. Who do you have? Uh, well, at the moment it's been Lamptey at left back and Veltman at right back. Again, Veltman, uh, wrong side of 30, not that fast either and he got bullied at Villa and I think that's also why we got absolutely well we got we Diaz Milner's going to have to run it back to 16-17 yeah almost <laughs> whole season at left back almost he was yeah, unreal exactly. for that to be fair uh, yeah. do, do you know what I, 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 love, I love Milner Milner yeah, immediately has got what Zerbi's all about and yeah. I know he's he's had interviews about this before about you know the similarities and the differences between Zerbi and Klopp and he, he he almost kind of exudes that expectation now as well. If he's if he sees a player that's not in the right position, he doesn't matter if it's a yard mm -hmm. or ten yards, he will shout at you. And I really yep. like that. Um, he, he, he is, and he was talking about Evan Ferguson as well, another player for us who will probably oh. give us another nine nine figure transfer sum, which will work marvelously for us again. It's I hope it, he doesn't leave. Surely he, you want to keep him though. You don't want to keep selling these players. We're going down that sustainability route here. Again. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Bring me on the Brighton pod, mate. We'll have it there. We, just, I just want to go back to James Milner for one sec because I remember there was a moment last season. And this this just sums up James Milner. He does not care who you are. He squared up to Virgil Van Dijk. I can't remember yes. who it was, and he was oh, like shouting yes. at him, screaming in his face, like "You need to do this. You need to stop doing that." And it's like that's Virgil Van Dijk. 
Like, yeah. and I know James Milner is a is a football legend. He absolutely is. But like st- to do that to somebody with the stature and the they said the aura of Virgil Van Dijk, I think that just sums up what what Milner is like. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done in the game. If you're not doing your job, mate, he's gonna be absolutely on your neck. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I think as well, like you got to appreciate the people that he's worked under and worked with. Like you know, he, he was at Newcastle with like the likes of Jerry Barton, and he's worked under David O'Leary and Kevin Keegan, and then Martin O'Neill. He's worked alongside you know Roy Keane. There, there are so many different characters, and it's molded him to this to who he is now. And he's he, he's he's a very special special player in my eyes. Yeah. I, I I think it's a brilliant bit of business the fact that he's in our squad. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. Well, look, 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 go go back to what you just said, Mike. About you know, love to keep. Look, I would love to keep all our players. I would love to have kept McAllister and Caicedo for one more year just to enjoy the European tour. You'd have you'd have had a really. I think you're still contenders now. Probably you'd say Brighton are up there in terms of the teams that are in it right now. I know teams are going to drop into it from the Champions League, which will make it more difficult. But um, if you kept those guys, mate, I think you could have had a, a real crack at it with you know, oh, what you've got we, now and those guys. We, we will be talking about a completely different game um, yesterday if we had Ali Mack and Kaiseido in our team. Yeah. Absolutely. But look, even Deserbi's admitted it. That, you know, we're, we're, we're a small team. We're a small club in comparison to the stature of what we've got uh, in Europe right now. And that's, that's the platform that we're at now. We, we've gone from minnows in League One to, you know, you know, the surprise package in the Premier League and in the Europe at money. the moment. And That's what the, I love the, to the see. bookies have us about fourth or fifth favourites to win Europe's second top prize, yeah. which is for me is absolutely mental. We, 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 we're priced better than West Ham, yeah. which for me that again that doesn't make sense. And they've me. just West won one. Yeah, yeah exactly. They've, they've won. They've won a European competition, and they've got you know. A, 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 I would say on paper um, a better squad than us, and they. Oh, you know, they... I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I think I think Brighton, man mm. for man. And listen, we're not going to go down the road again. Listen, invite me on the Brighton pod. We'll have the chat there. But <laughs> I'll be a Brighton fan by the time I come out that pod. Um, but I think man for man, Brighton have starting eleven wise. Man for man, Brighton probably have the sixth, seventh best team in the league. That's just on paper. I think in terms of how you play mm. football wise, in terms of quality to watch your top three in the league, just in terms of enjoy enjoying the, the football you play. Absolutely. And tactically as well, just it's just a different level. But I'm going to stop being a Brighton fan for a second because we need to talk about the game that's coming up. So one thing I will ask you, in terms of fitness, what players are you missing? Hold on, Liverpool, Brighton, West Ham, United. Sorry, he's just saying that United are going to drop into it, which I completely agree with. I yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. But what, what players are fit? What players are not fit? Talk us through your squad at the moment. What what you're looking like for this? this uh, we know about your left back. Who else? So let's talk, let, let's talk about goalkeepers. So at the moment, we seem to be going into a bit of a rota- rotation package between Jason Steele and Bart Verbruggen. Verbruggen, very promising young 21-year-old from the Netherlands. We bought him from Anderlecht. Again, very highly thought of. He was in the Euros under 21 championships. They drew all three of their group stage matches. Wasn't enough for them to progress. But he was definitely a, a star out player. He was someone that really kind of like set the standard and the tone there. Again, Jason still has been, you know, Deserby's number one. He's been Deserby's favourite son, mm. if you will, since he's come in. And, you know, someone who, when we signed him, Sunderland fans were laughing at us for bringing him in. Now, look, he's he's the reason, arguably, why, why we managed to get in, because the key saves that he made mm. were fundamental to where we are. He hasn't been at his best again, but I think that's a mixture of the pressure and the intensity as well as 
you know, you've got a young young star coming in. We're, we're looking to the long term, and he's probably thinking over his shoulder, go, well, how long do I have left? Yeah. So he wants to make his mark as well. And he did well, to be fair, in Marseille. Two goals that I, I wouldn't say were entirely his fault because the defence were just faulty. And I can't believe I'm saying oh. this, but Lewis Dunk has been a little bit error-prone a few times this season. It's, yeah. it, it's something we're not used to. And it's, I mean, I think he was at fault for the second goal or first goal. I can't remember which one, but he absolutely scuffed the long pass attempt. And it just gifted, yeah, yeah, absolutely gifted it to him. So there, there, there are faults there at the moment. Um, at the back, Van Hick started. So I, we could be expecting to see, by the way, we're, we're averaging about six or seven changes between each game at the moment. So I'm expecting probably Webster to start alongside Dunk. Veltman started, so I reckon Milner will be starting. Ooh. And then we're going to get Igor Julio um, at left back as well, <coughs> just because of what Deserby Zer- said um, after the match, saying that Lamptey had a fantastic game, really happy for him, but now it's the time to look after him. Can't mm. see him playing a full 90 against Liverpool. Right. So, you know what I, I was... I was going to say, sorry, just where you go. I was going to say as well, like, I, I do kind of hope in a way we get to see Milner. I would have preferred yeah. it to be on the bench so that, you know, after the game he can come over to us. Because I don't know about you, mate, but I can't help but think for both sides, for the returning players, it's going to be nothing but a good reception. For, for Milner, for us, and for McAllister, for you. I hope so. Oh, absolutely. Really yeah, there's no doubt about it for me. That's good. That's what a- we need. Absolutely. There's no bad blood with it at all. I think we all knew the moment he signed that contract just before the World Cup, it was a case of right. That's that's uh, that's that's set that's setting the price tag for from Brian's perspective. It was just good business at the end of the day, and it was probably a way to kind of like say, well, I think you're going to be special in the World Cup, and we don't want a headache in January. Here's a contract to it's shush the exact that. Same thing with Luis Suarez. We they I remember the tweet to this day. They said. Here's an early but here's an early Christmas present for you, Reds. And it was Suarez signing a contract. And then seven months later, after the World Cup, we knew he was going before the World Cup, but after the World Cup, a few bites later, he's gone to Barca for 70 million. Yeah. Um so yeah, it is yeah, interesting. But I think, like I said at the start a bit earlier on, I think from what I saw anyway, from the at least the some of the Brighton fans online, I feel like Caicedo and McAllister, two completely different scenarios. You, you mentioned the, the Arsenal situation, and I remember Caicedo doing an Instagram post saying that he's great, he's happy to be Brighton's most expensive player of all time, and then constantly like trying to force his way, agreeing to move with Liverpool, knowing that he's going to go Chelsea, all these things. So it's a completely different scenario, isn't it, for you, I guess? Absolutely. I, th- I think the thing is, there is no bad blood with Caicedo. Yeah. From Brighton's perspective, there is bad blood, however, with his agent. His agent, I'll say this now, I don't want, we can't linger on it too long, but we all know his agent is a money hungry man who doesn't care about football. He even came out and said Liverpool with a better project, Brighton with a better project, Chelsea paid the most. Disgusting. It's ruining football agents. Like Agents like him ruin football careers. Simple as. It, uh, nailed it. Nailed it. Look, he, yes. To everything, Brighton even sat down with Caicedo, right? I, I know it's for a fact they said you got. We know you've agreed personal terms with Chelsea. They're still in negotiation periods. We've got this bidding from Liverpool, which we accepted. Listen to them. Have a call with Klopp. Speak to him. Okay. They said to him, "I think you'll you'll be a much better fit there." Deserby said you'll be better off at Liverpool. They. I never knew. Because that. At the moment, oh, Chelsea, I don't know who can argue that. 
Chelsea's a poison chalice. It, it, it mm. really is. And, it is. But deserve, uh, apparently, Caicedo said, well, no, I've got on, on the agreement with Chelsea. Right, okay. I could tell you, I can list like 10 transfers right now that when they've gone gone backwards. Roy Keane, for instance, said yes to, I believe, Liverpool, I want to say, and then Man United locked him in a, yeah. locked him in a room and said, sign this contract. All <laughs> this kind of stuff. Look, th- th- things happen for a reason here, and I'm sorry, but for him to say, no, I want to honour this, with all due respect, yes. you were saying that you were going to Arsenal. Well, sorry, your agent said you were going to Arsenal in January. Yeah. Like, you, you can definitely give time to Klopp, and he did, but he said, no, I want to, I want to honour Chelsea. And I think the... I've been watching him as well with keen eyes since he since Pochettino so we, um, is the manager. Yeah. He's he is he is a fraction of the man that we we saw week in week out. Mm-hmm. So I think he's probably regretting it a little bit. I mean, all those sentimental ved- videos of him with his mum did make me laugh because I was there thinking, like, you, 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 you've never said that. You said it was a dream of yours to go to Manchester United and well, that Real Madrid as well. Go to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid and Barca and PSG and the Chelsea thing is, is well, that Chelsea, the, the, the bit that made me laugh about this, I and mean, we'll get on to to the game again in a moment. But this just made me laugh. The picture they used before when when they said it's always been a Chelsea thing was a Chelsea shirt from about three years ago. I thought that's hilarious. <laughs> It's not like he was like five years old and he was like wherever he used to live at that age, you know, with a vintage Chelsea one with Samsung on the front. This was a, a free Chelsea shirt, which I believe was the one they wore when they won the Champions League. Yeah, that's Drogba on the back of the shirt. What are you doing? What is going on? Like, I, I couldn't yeah. believe what I, what I was seeing there. Like, he's always been a Chelsea boy. No, he hasn't. That, 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 that's a very, that's a very new t shirt. If that is a, if that's the case, then my God, they need to see my t-shirt collection because yeah. I'm, I'm 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 a fan of everywhere, according mm. to Chelsea yeah. admin. But look, that that I think again, we 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 were angry with Kukurella going. We were angry with the way Potter went. We respected with how Alexis McAllister left because he he wanted to honour us. We, he knew he got interest in January and he knew he could have got a big club in January, but he wanted just to stay on and he wanted to yeah, make us to get to Europa League. He even said it as well. He want, he wanted to take us as far as he possibly can while he's still here. And that was kind of like a case of, yeah, I'm leaving guys, but I want to make sure that the job's done. Yeah. And we respected that. We, he didn't leave, he didn't jump ship when the job was half done. He, mm. he wanted to get that task in. And I remember him crying his eyes out at Villa Park. We lost yeah, it. That, but, yeah. that Villa, what, Villa got their European tour sorted and we had ours already booked. But seeing Ali Mack wanted to clap the fans, but he was just so inconsolable and like the players were hugging him to Zerbi, he had his arm around his shoulder. You know, we this knew before that he... it was agreed as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it clearly was. So we just knew that he he was there. It, it, that was his last time on the pitch for us in the blue and white shirt. And, you know, fair play. That, that That's the kind of way that most supporters would want to see their players go if they're, if there's someone bigger and better to go for. Yeah, let them go. So just, yeah, no, no absolutely no, no hard feelings then. I, I, I'm going to be the first one to cheer his name when he, when he, when he plays because, yeah, he's, he, he was a joy to watch for us. It was great to see him. You know, when he was on known at Boca, when I watched on some streams online and go, going from there. So, back away, yeah. well, he'll be, be back. He'll be back at the uh, the Amex on Sunday, just he'll in the wrong shirt. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in the right shirt, cheek. <laughs> just, just before we, we move on to predicting the lineups, because we always like to finish on that. I just want to ask you briefly, because I know time is just rapidly gone. Um Obviously, Brighton, and you won't want to talk about this, I guess, but you come into this with no wins in your last three. 
Um, obviously, he lost 6 1 to Aston Villa away and only one win in the last five, I believe, and that was against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, first of all, what's, what's gone off? Is this just a little blip? Is this something that you believe you're going to overcome? And what do you expect to happen? Because, like, you know, as, as we all know, like me and Mike, if we were from the outside looking in, Liverpool isn't the team that we'd want to face on the back of that form. Absolutely. I think I think it's probably the worst kind of time. The fact that we've got Liverpool this side of the international break and then yeah. we welcome, we're, we're off to Man City afterwards. So it, it, on paper, it's not great. But I think being a Brighton fan, that the, the warning signs have always been there. When we won at Arsenal last season, De Zerbi said we're not ready for three games a week. And yeah. we're not. We we just did. We don't have the squads capable for it. We don't have the recruitment in place. When I mean by that, I mean we don't have the money bags to bring it in. Yeah, we've spent close to a hundred million pounds, but we can't just easily. Yeah, they we 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 need, we need to spend more than that, but we don't. And we have, we have a very strict model, strict codes, which the club have been very very clear on. We always go and recruit long term, which is fine. And you know we do have players coming through, and we have brought in some you know, immediate options as well. But, you know, we can't bring in a Subasly, an Endo, a McAllister and a Gravenberch all in one one window. We we just can't compete with that. And that's that I think that's why we kind of like stuck to our roots with this whole thing because we got here through what we have done in the past and it's working. So we just gotta and I can't believe I'm gonna say it's like I'm an Arsenal fan. We've got to trust the process here. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know here we go. Here we go. I'm 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 not overly that concerned from because of the comments I said earlier. You know, we've lost our double pivot midfield duo. We're trying to find a solution there. We've got in some new faces in, still gelling, and it's all clicking, going in the right direction. We look, we're getting responses from the players that we need, but we need to get that from the first whistle rather than the first whistle in the second half. So that that that's that's probably my main concern. I, I'm more concerned in the fact that we didn't recruit well at fullback. Again, I'm going back to that. That's probably my main concern. I'm I, I am expecting that expecting a hard match. I would take a I would say I would, I would take a point, but I think the way Liverpool have been playing, and I think they'd be wanting to go in with an absolute bang after everything that happened in North London. And I, I know that's a very delicate matter. And I think as well, from my perspective, no, as, enough, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, it, it, I, know, I know it's been bit, been to death, but my God, uh, that, yeah. you know, Klopp, Klopp is going to be building it up and they get a reaction from his players from that. And I think Brighton will be a fantastic message because on paper, we're, you know, we're both in Europa League and he'll want yeah. to make sure that that's, a, that, that that's almost like a key six pointer, if you will, just oh, so he'll be beating up in that way, in that mentality, just to say, right, we've got to send a message here and say, no, we're, we're here to compete. So yeah. I'm, I'm expecting a really tough match. I, I came in, I went into the last three, the, all three matches actually pretty confident with what we've got. New manager bounce at Anfield, Deserby coming in during the FA Cup, um, Deserby's like really solidifying his mantra if you will and his tactical prowess by the time we welcomed you guys both in the league and in the FA Cup yep. as well there there was just this all of a sudden this accelerant in belief and this mental strength in the squad <coughs> but now we're, 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 we're now seeing that tested because we've lost a lot of players we've gained a few players and now we're just trying to make sure that that we, we stay that consistency personally sure, for me man. I said at the start of the season I'll take a decent run in Europe and a top 10 finish you did just say so that, long yeah. as we 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. We, we, I think we we can safely say now we're a top ten Premier League side, which I, I mean, look, I'm, I think that's still bonkers. But mm. I think with Spurs clicking, I think if Chelsea are if they finally click, then that's a concern for us yeah. as well. So well, I, th- I think not to cut across here, I think because we're, uh, listen, we'll get onto the teams in a minute. I think when you look at the top ten, I think you should be much more confident in saying that you're better than at least three of them. You bet. Yeah. This sounds a bit ballsy to say, but you're better than United. You you're better than Chelsea, and you're better than Villa. There's three teams. Right. Oh well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Villa. <laughs> I would say Villa. And the reason, the reason I'd say Villa, and it's, listen, I to be honest, I think Emery is a phenomenal manager. I, I, in the same way, Deserbi is. You know, ta- tactically, they, you know, they're they're two of the top managers in the Prem. Uh, the reason I say Villa is, I think, in terms of v- Villa's biggest weakness for me, uh, which is your biggest strength, I, th- I think it's how the midfield works. Now, don't get me wrong. I know your midfield hasn't clicked yet which is probably one of the reasons this season's going the way it is for you. But I think once your midfield clicks and people learn their roles a bit more, you speak about Billy Gilmore, for example, or Dahoud, everything will fall back into place for you in that way in terms of the the, the way you defend as a, as a, as a unit. Because going forward, you still look like Brighton. I think just defensively, you just don't look the same. Whereas no, for me, Villa, like, don't get me wrong, they've got the energy in there, but I, I don't look at any of their midfield and get worried. We Listen, we walked them at Anfield. Yeah, I, I see it like that. We walked Villa at Anfield. They, they weren't an issue for us. Whereas I think even with this Brighton side that you have, when you come to Anfield, it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. Um, yeah, we know so, all about that. Yeah, trust me. I, I'm sick and tired of Brighton. I don't want to... I, 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 listen, I love having you on, but I'm tired of your team. Stay away from Liverpool, please. This is, Mike, <laughs> I've got some bad news. Go on. Tom mentions the FA Cup game last season. I, I was there. I was at the Amex and I'm there again on Sunday. So... You're oh, bad luck, bro. Why? <laughs> you know what? I was so I wasn't confident, but like I, I thought, oh, we're at least gonna see this out. Fair enough. You know, it is what it is. And then the Turner obviously scores in the 92nd minute. Uh after Joe Gomez absolute harler. And I think I'm not gonna rip into Gomez because of that, because he's been brilliant this brilliant. season. But um yeah, the memes of him twerking after that came out <laughs> from that game were absolutely hilarious. Uh but yeah, it wasn't great, wasn't Pleasant. I mean, uh, Tom, you'll be used to it, but somebody like me who goes there and spending the best part of 15 quid for burger and chips, it's, it's not ideal. Um, yeah, I saw your prices out, by the, the way. Why, why are you getting the burgers? Get the pies. Mate, it's a long day. I can't see a pie. Like, I've got to have a I can't just eat a pie. Oh, uh, mate, yeah, trust me. Trust me. When, when you get one of those piglet pantry pies, you're, you're going to want two. They're, mm. they're good. All right, talk, hey, listen, stop, stop right now. He's like, yeah, when we're tuning up at half time, eat a piglet pie. All right, get get yeah, out exactly. of here. All right. <laughs> let's um, let's cut cut the nonsense and let's get Go straight on. to the business end. Tom, I couldn't actually find um, like we've got one like this, and most of the other clubs do have one like this as well. That wasn't a flex, by the way. I know it sounds like, oh, we've got one like this, but um. Brighton don't actually have one, so I'm going to have to actually type the names in as we go. So hopefully I'll be spelling them correctly. So who's going to be in goal, do you think, mate? I'm I, I'm going to go brave. I'm going to say Jason Steele is going to be trusted again. I think he's uh, done enough. Um, right back is going to be... It's just the formation. Not... This is what you play. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that looks about right. So formation, so. we'll go... Yeah, right back, it'll be Milner for me. Now, I really want this to be the case. I really want Van Heck and Dunk at centre-back. Van Heck was superb last night, and I think he is the perfect player for um, Dunk to partner up with. I don't think Webster's up to the task, personally. I, th- I-, I love him, don't get me wrong, but 
if I choose between this lot, it'll be that it'll be Duncan Van Heck. Left back um, is going to be a tricky one. I want to see Lamptey. I think with the international break in, I think it'll be him playing and then uh, Igor Julio coming on, on the, off the bench as well. What? So it would be, yeah, Lamptey's been playing at left back then. Yeah. Would be right. Okay. I, th- I think I think that's how it's going to be because I think they want the pace to support Matoma on the left. I think that's how he's going. I think that's how he's going to address it. So the midfield too. So it was Dahoud and Gross starting. So it'll be I reckon it's going to be it'll be Billy Gilmore and Pascal Gross. Gross play on the right or left? Uh, Gross will be playing on the right. Right, of course. He'll be in rotation with uh, Milner. That's how they typically work, anyway. And then up top. So up top, uh, we'll go straight to striker. That'd be um, Ferguson, like that, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. yeah well, it's um, the the German B is a double S. So ah, B, it's fine either yeah, way. You, yeah. We know what you meant. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Ferguson up top, and I think the front three will be well from left Matoma. Player. Just because I he he is um his start Matoma's start um, Matoma is deserved star man he loves him he, I think he's someone that defends him for everything on the right it'll be Adingra what I think he, what Mark Mark Adingra A D I for a spelling exam here N G R A spelling be at nine a.m. nine p.m. And then number nine, it's, it's going to be Shao Pedro. I'm sorry, he was just superb when he came on. Well, and... Yeah, yeah, just Pedro. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that would be that would be my team. I think the only question I will have will be Lamptey from what Deserby said. So it might be Eagle Julio, it might be Lamptey at the back on the left. But that is that would be my my team for for the weekend on sun on Sunday afternoon. Mm. For me, that's that 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 is solid in terms of what I think. Again, the question marks is in that midfield. Gross and Gilmore. Gilmore's been great whenever mm. he's been called upon at the moment, and I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from him. Gross as well. I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Pascal Gross fan. He absolutely deserves the call up again to the jam, German national side, which is fantastic. And I think the way he works with Milner on that right back as well complements each other because they could both take a little bit of a rest in that right back role and the other one could just push up and, and support that midfield in the attack as they try and build up in the final third. Adingra is someone that I'm really excited by. 30 goals and assists last season for Union Saint-Jouard, which is fantastic. Um, he is someone that prefers to play on the left, but with Matoma there, he, he, he he's more than happy to play on the right and he's done well whenever he's been called upon as well. He's someone that has got a tasteful goal and he's someone that can cut in support or just try and go down the flank and go for the cross or just even just take everyone on and go for a shot himself. He's a dangerous player. He's very silky. He's very fast as well. Um, he's a really exciting player, to be honest with you. Gel Pedro. Gel <laughs> Pedro. I uh, just read that comment there about uh, Prime Messi. Mm-hmm. Gel, again, Gel Pedro is just someone that's just... some. Uh, a, a fantastic player. I mean, spending about 30, 35 million on him on the championship player was quite surprising, but he has been quality for us as well. So I I think from what he did in uh, Marseille, he definitely deserves um, the start as well. And then we've got Evan Ferguson, who was, again, he, he was well rested on yesterday, came on for 15 minutes and did a fair amount, but not a lot. So I think we could see him 
uh, replacing Welbeck up there. Um, so yeah, I think that makes it uh four five five changes uh for the Albion so a little bit more modest for Deserby but I I think we could see a fairly rotated side in for for the match at the Amex. Yeah I mean the one that caught me by surprise was a dinger <coughs> and I just think it's because of my ball knowledge. I'm not too familiar with him. Um so I'll have to see and usually it is those players that you're not too familiar with that can cause the most issues. Um well, yeah no, that looks like a very very solid team. Uh Mike what I've done for hours, we'll get your predictions. I knew you'd well do time. it. Yeah, I was like, you're uh, <laughs> what I've done here is I've tried to sort of put in the players that are guaranteed to start. Let me know if you believe there's any that you, you're not saying is guaranteed, but I think we're pretty yeah. much certain the only debates are the two midfielders and the, the centre back and the right back. Yeah, listen, the suspensions help sort of pick the line up a little bit as well in terms of the front three. So, yeah, listen, you, you're nail on the head with everything you got there. I would say if we're starting midfield, I'm going to say. You had a very smart shout, so I'll say McAllister and Endo. McAllister on the left, Endo in the six. I think potentially, if I look at it as a tactical side of things, we may be looking for a more standard six than what McAllister is, uh, purely to help cope with, firstly, uh, the movement of uh, Ferguson when he drops off, uh, João Pedro as well in the 10, and Matoma when he cuts in. We're, it's going to be crucial how our midfield operate defensively. And there also leads into who I think is going to play right back. I think we're going to see Joe Gomez again. Uh, I think Trent still, uh, he's not match fit, uh, is what I would say. I don't think it is a good idea to throw a fish that can't swim into waters with sharks, which uh, where, which is Matoma. I you know I I don't want to throw I, I wouldn't do it. Matoma, Jao Pedro, Ferguson all running at you on that side. Not too concerned about the fullback. Um, touch wood, watch him score a screamer now. Uh, but yeah, no. Tr- Trent wise, I'd rather have Gomez at centre back, and then that leaves Matip to play alongside Van Dijk. I think I think to be honest, he's going to stick with Matip pu- not just purely off it, but. The last thing you'd want to do to a defender who's been playing well, he scored the own goal against Spurs. It would eradicate his confidence if he was pulled from the lineup. It would eradicate any confidence he's built up. And I, I think in terms of man management, Klopp's very smart. And I think if he was not going to start on Sunday, he would have played on Thursday and he didn't. So I think we'll see Matip and Van Dijk. Strongest areas for us going forward will 100% be Diaz versus whoever you play fullback, Salah versus whoever you play fullback. Toughest battles Wait, for us. Say Tom's that again. put Milner at right back. Beauty, can't wait. I think Diaz will have an absolute walk in the park against him. I really do. I love I love Milner. I I, I love Milner, but all you have to do is pop a ball in behind. Milner's best defensive displays at fullback for us when he's was when he was up against a technical uh, midfielder. When when uh, we came up against City, you had Foden on the left. He pocketed Foden, and I never thought I'd see the day. It was a beautiful defensive performance by a by a pensioner. I loved it. That's a joke, by the way. I love Milner. I I, I absolutely adore Milner. But yeah, listen. Diaz isn't like that. Diaz is hopefully going to be making runs behind. Uh, behind his speed alone will at least stretch that side of things. Uh, Salah as well, brilliant. Uh, the toughest area for us will just be defensively in that sort of like right corner pocket where you've got Sabasly, Matip, Gomez. Sabasly is going to have to put in his best defensive performance in Liverpool shirt so far because I'm still not convinced by him defensively. I think he's putting some good shifts, but I'm not convinced by him. And I think Brighton's going to be the biggest test for that for him specifically defensively. It's not going to be an easy game at all in that area. Yeah, no, I, I agree with this team. And look, you know, I'm not even going to slander Joe Gomez because, like I said earlier, he doesn't deserve it. I have always said when Trent's fit, Trent starts. I don't care if you 
if he's up against a tricky winger, you know, he's generational, he's one of our best players, he's the vice captain. We shouldn't be pulling him from these games just because he's up against a bit of flair. Um, but like you say, Mike, is he ready to start after yesterday? Obviously, he played quite a lot of the game, went off to um pretty good reception. I think he had a decent game yesterday. But um this is a completely different test to USG at home. So yeah. you're right. I think Gomez against the, the threat that they have coming at him probably is the better shot for this game. And then with Trent, we go again after the break. Yeah. Um, Matip, again, I agree with what you're saying. I, I just think it's it's mad that, you know, we was all here saying that Ibu and, and Virgil is our best centre-back pair now. And these guys have just run it back to 18-19. Um, and 1920 with, you know, Van Dijk and Matip, the Champions League winning centre-back pairing. Uh, because Matip, again, you'll know, Mike, and without opening a can of worms, has been... Um, subject to a lot of criticism from a lot of people. And again, he's another player, which I think is just uh, making a lot of people eat the words. And long may it continue. Yeah. The midfield, I agree with that because like we we're looking at yesterday's subs, Endo comes off pretty early. Um, Gravenberch was absolutely amazing, but he did play the majority of the game. And this still might be a little bit too early to throw him into this. I still, I think he'd do it if that was the case. If it was Graven Birch and McAllister and Soboslai, I think <coughs> Graven Birch would be able to rise to it. But yep. I just feel like Endo's played a lot more in terms of that defensive role. Um, like you said, he's a natural DM. Maybe that allows McAllister to play a bit further up because he has had to play that role a few times this season. And then mm-hmm. the front three picks itself, obviously, with the suspensions, the Gakpo injury. There's nothing else really that we can, we can do in that situation. I'm very confident that those three will get the job done. Um, but guys, let's give our predictions. Let's say how the game's going to go, what sort of game it's going to be, and then ultimately the score prediction. So, Tom, I'm obviously going to come to you. Is it going to be another um, big Brighton win against Liverpool, or are we finally going to be able to get a win against you? Well, um, I saw an interesting stat actually on Twitter today. Um, we have the second longest run um, in the Premier League at the moment where we when the last time we last conceded back-to-back league defeats. So I like to say that we don't have that uh, this week and we break that because I quite quite like the way that we are playing. And I think a lot of the thing, there's a lot of encouraging signs. I really want to say a draw. I reckon it, my heart says two all draw, head says says 2-1 Liverpool win. So I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. We'll go double chance on the draw Liverpool win. Cagey game, open game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good open game, to be honest with you. I, don't, I can't see it being cagey. There's not, I wouldn't say there's a lot of malice between two sides. They both want to play football. We both have our own styles that we really kind of like stick by. We've got a decent code. And I think there isn't really anyone there that will go really to go for like the caginess or try and time waste straight away or no. wind up each other that there'll be respect obviously and they want to try and get into each other's heads but in the way where the football does the talking rather than what they, what comes out of their mouths so i think it'll be a nice i think it'll be a solid open game I think it'll be an entertaining match for sure for 90 minutes mike i think it's going to be insanely open i think it's going to be like a 3-2 kind of game i don't see this being a close uh tight game uh defensively brilliant or anything like that i i don't think either side have been anything near defensively brilliant this season uh, uh don't get me wrong don't get me wrong we, we've got a good defense and but i don't think we've been phenomenal uh i think it's gonna be very open i'm, I'm gonna say 
I won't even say three two. I I'll you know classic, I'll say three one. I'm gonna say three one to Liverpool. Um which listen, I've gone with Hamza there. I can see he's put that in the chat as well. I'll say three one to Liverpool. I think Brighton will take the lead. Um and I think it'll all come in the second half. I think it'll be quite it'll be open in the first half, but I think a lot of the action will be second. I reckon there'll be a penalty. Uh that'll be a dubious penalty that'll come our way. I, I weirdly think that. Um, I, I'm basically Tom will be g- kicking up a force and he'll be like, I don't think that was a pen. And all Liverpool fans will suddenly be like, well, you know, it worked in our favour this time and we'll all be hypocrites. Uh, <laughs> classic football. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you got to love it. you got to love it. you got to love it, man. Uh, but yeah, man, I'll, I'll say 3-1. Uh, really and goal scorers, Salah, Nunes and Sobosly will be my three. Ooh. I, I don't think there's going to be that many goals in it. I think there's going to be no chances. But I don't know, man. I just don't... Whenever we expect a high-scoring game, I, ve- I always feel like it never yeah. is. That's so true. I'm going to say... I'm just going to say 1-0. I'm going to say Mo Salah 1-0. That's what I'm going to say. I don't think we're going to score three past Brighton. I don't think they're going to score two past us. So I'm going to say 1-0, Mo Salah. From the spot, the most controversial penalty ever. Sorry, Tom, that you're the subject to this, but I hope it's a foul from outside of the box that they give us a pen. That's what I'm hoping for this Sunday, more than anything else. Um, We spent the last, like, week going, all we want is fair officiating, and now we're like, I hope we get a dubious decision. Yeah, that's what I hope. Mo Salah penalty that was never a pen, Um, and then, yeah, Uh, take it from there. But, um. That is uh, what we've got time for today, guys. We've gone on for over an hour. And Tom, massive thank you for coming on, mate, after thank your you, mate. your trip away to Marseille. Um, no, just thank let you for the patience, know. lads. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's, it's all good, bro. There's, we're just honoured to have you on. And um, do you want to let the people, because obviously I think there'll be people watching on the replay as well, let the guys know where they can find you, mate. Yeah, um, guys, be sure to you know follow me on Twitter at TomJPhillips underscore. And if you'd like to hear more about all things the Albion, then be sure to subscribe to teams like Brighton on all your favourite podcasting platforms. Perfect. And if our paths cross, we'll obviously get you back on for the third time. And um, yeah, obviously me and Mike will be around after the Brighton game. I will be back at a reasonable time because it is a 2pm kickoff. So it'll probably be like 9pm match reaction something like that on Sunday. So, um, yeah, let's let's hope that we can beat Brighton for once. Take care. God bless. And we'll see you Sunday. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.